TCL, the official smartphone partner of Seattle Sounders FC, presents the TCL 10 Pro. Get ready to experience the unparalleled visual power of the TCL 10 Pro with Next Vision technology. The curved display and 64 megapixel quad camera system provide sharp performance and brilliant color. Work and play without limits, thanks to TCL 10 Pro's powerful processor, fast charging battery, and a full suite of Android software to get things done. There's nothing stopping you. Available at TCLUSA.com. Listen to this. Sakamani, the flying winger. Here's Brad Evans. It's Steve. It's Steve. Who is it? It's Brad Evans. <laughs> Happy days are here again. Turning with a drive, it's Steve Zakawani! Evans with the left foot! He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans. This is so weird. The party has started. Yes, what's going on, Sounders fans? I'm coming to you from outside the bubble, but we'll be talking all things taking place in the bubble. Um, Not a great start so far for the Sounders. There's still time. There's still time, but... I think the first two games, and in particular, that second game, the results stung just a little bit. So we're going to break down what went wrong um, against Chicago Fire and maybe what can be improved by the team, certain things to work on, maybe a couple lineup adjustments. We'll look into that. And then we will be talking to the goal scorer from the last game. Handuala Buona came off the bench, scored a goal to briefly, momentarily bring the score to 1-1 before um, Chicago Fire went and got the winning goal. So... And then we'll preview at the very end the Vancouver Whitecaps game, which is a huge, huge game now in terms of the MLS is back tournament. So only one place to start. Tuesday. The issues are clear for me as I watch these first two games. The issues are clear. It doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure out what's going wrong. So who's the key player on this Sounders team since he arrived from Argentina in 2016? It's Nico Ladero. Nico Ladero. So, the Sounders have been off for four months. Nico has been off for seven months. And I don't care who you are. Don't care how good you are. Don't care how many tricks you have up your sleeve. Don't care how great your endurance is, which Nico's endurance is second to none. It's going to take time. You don't have a preseason. Then you don't get proper training sessions in because of COVID and quarantine and isolation. And you come back and you're doing individual training. Then it's small group training. Maybe a couple of scrimmages against the Kome Defiance or, you know, the substitutes. You don't really get that sharpness and everybody needs it, especially after playing a previous season, which has gone to the last day of the season by winning MLS Cup. And Nico's been involved in three of, of four finals. So he's had some long seasons every time. Then you include the travel he does to South America for the national team. It's going to take its toll. For the Sounders to play well, they don't need Nicola Dero to play well. For the Sounders to play really well, they need Nicola Dero to be firing on all cylinders. That's the key. The Sounders can get by without Nicola Dero being at his absolute best. But if you want to stand out, you want to make those MLS Cup runs, you want to win potentially this tournament, you need Nicola Dero at his very best. So Nico's mindset right now is let me get my touches, let me get on the ball as much as possible. The issue we're seeing right now is, yes, he's getting his touches. He had 60 or 70, maybe even up to 80 touches in the last game, which is maybe a bit down for Nico, but it's not bad at all. However, where are those touches being taken? Close to the halfway line, sometimes deep in his own half. Very few. In fact, he had one touch inside 
the opposition's 18-yard box. Clearly, not a good strategy. You need Nico Lodero in and around the 18, if not in the 18-yard box, taking touches, playing one-twos, getting into wide areas in the final third, being goal dangerous. Because we think of Nico, we think of assists. We think of wonderful passes. And that's absolutely valid. But you get him around the 18-yard box, he can score. Nico scored a lot of goals. He wins fouls. He wins penalties. You need him closer to the box. Because what happens when the Sounders aren't creating chances and around the box, not only does Nico get deeper and deeper, so does his friend, Raul Ruiz Diaz. He gets further and further away from goal. And if there's one player, one player who absolutely must, I mean absolutely must, remain inside the 18-yard box as much as possible, it's Raul Ruiz Diaz, quite simply because he's maybe the best in the league inside the 18-yard box when he's on song and when he's firing on all cylinders. Raul had two touches inside the 18-yard box against Chicago Fire. Not a winning formula, not a great recipe. Those are the issues that need to be fixed. You have to have confidence that the two defensive midfielders, whether it's Gustav Svensson and George Delem, Gustav Svensson and Christian Rodan, Joao Paulo when he comes back, that they can build and get the ball up to the dangerous attacking players. Nico, yes, come deep every now and then, play those long quarterback-like passes. We love that. But as much as possible, receive the ball in the final third, facing the goal. Not with your back to goal, facing the goal, where you can connect your wingers into the play. Get the ball into your front man, Raul Rui Diaz. Make your little dribbles, your little runs, your given goals. Create things. Unbalance the defence. The worst sight for a defensive team is seeing Nico on the ball, 30 yards from goal, 20 yards from goal, facing the goal. That's very dangerous. And we haven't seen enough of that. He's getting his touches, just not in the best of areas. That's one of the issues. Get Raul and Nico in dangerous areas. Because why? Then you unlock Jordan Morris. Then you unlock Jordan Morris, who maybe in the last 18 months has been the most dangerous player in the league, not named Carlos Vela. I think that's a very, very valid argument. And Jordan may even argue with me and say, no, I've been more dangerous than Carlos Vela. And I'd be willing to listen because he's been very, very, very good. He came on and had an assist right away. It's just what he does. But he also needs the space to play in. And that space is created when Nico and Raul are taking up positions higher up the pitch, engaging two or three defenders which then leaves Jordan 1v1. And at this point, if Jordan's 1v1, you know the end result. And we need to see more and more of that. Defensively, listen, that first goal should never happen. It should never happen. You're taught at 10 years old, maybe even younger. I wasn't listening um, when I was younger at any of the defensive instructions. So I, I go at 10 years old. Maybe most people go even younger. Don't let the ball bounce. High ball coming, if you're the last line of defense, if you're a centre-back, even a midfielder, don't let the ball bounce. Attack the ball, deal with it. Once you let the ball bounce, you invite all kinds of complications, and that's what um, Ariaga did. And once it bounced, Berich, fair play to him. He got on the ball. Yema does the right thing, comes across. It's a great piece of skill from Berich on that goal, and it's a fantastic finish, and nothing Stefan Fry can do but you don't want to let the ball bounce. It's a basic thing. Now, once the ball bounces, Ariel, of course, could have still done better. And it's a shame because against San Jose, I thought he was fantastic. I thought Yema was fantastic. It's a budding partnership. It's going to need time, of course. But those kinds of mistakes at this level 
they're going to be punished. And he'll know that um, even better than I can, I can lament here. Second goal, defensive error. Fell asleep. When the ball's bouncing in the six-yard box, you have to stay alive. And the only guys moving were Chicago Fire players. And Pineda, fair play to him for Chicago. Never stopped moving. Gets on the end of it. Easy finish because the sound has fell asleep and stops moving. So now in a little bit of a hold. A little bit of a hold. It's a draw against San Jose. It's a defeat against Chicago Fire. But maybe the more worrying thing is haven't really played well. I would say for two-thirds of that game, definitely the middle portion of, portion of the game, the Sounders were the better team. Um, but were they like the Sounders? No. There were moments. But it wasn't dynamic. It wasn't incisive. It wasn't dangerous all the time. What needs to happen for that level of the Sounders to be unlocked? You know, we can talk about the layoff. It's been off for a long time, but Columbus Crew have been off for a long time. They came in and put in a great performance against Cincinnati, who we can say Cincinnati is not very good, but they just, at the time of this recording, they just beat Atlanta. It's MLS. Doggy dog. Anyone can beat anyone. Parity. That's the word of the league. Columbus Crew put in a great performance. LAFC attacking-wise were very dangerous. Houston were great counter-attacking-wise as well. So there are teams who are looking dangerous. What about the game last night of Vancouver and San Jose? San Jose's looked good in both games, apart from some calamitous errors defensively. I mean, a comedy of errors in their game last night. So there's no excuse for the Sounders. You can't use time layoff. The Sounders are good enough, seasoned enough, champions, on the brink of maybe becoming a dynasty at this point in this era for sure. Most successful team since joining MLS regular season-wise and in recent years with MLS clubs, it can't be disputed. So the expectations here are sky high. This isn't a Mickey Mouse club. This is the Seattle Sounders. And we haven't seen anywhere near the level that this team can produce with the players this team has. But it can be turned around. If there's one thing we've learned being fans in this past few years is don't despise the slow starts because they very usually turn into wonderful, wonderful, wonderful endings. And the Sounders have a chance to finish the group stage with an emphatic win against a Vancouver Whitecaps team that was dangerous on the counter, but I didn't see anything last night to convince me that should we see the Rave Green at full tilt on Sunday, we won't be getting three points. Of course we will. But we have to see it. This means my personal opinion. I'm not sure how fit Joao Paulo is. I'm not sure how fit Jovan Jones is. I'm not sure. If both are fit, we'd like to see both play. Jordan Morris has to be on the left. Raul has to be up top. Nico, central. Joao Paulo with Christian Rodon sitting. Jovan Jones on the right. So then you have two wingers that can both go and drive at people. If not Jovan Jones on the right, then Gustav holding with Joao Paulo, Christian Rodon on the right. You just need to stretch that back line. Keep the left back and right back occupied. You know Jordan would do it on the left side. You have to find a way to do it also on the right side. And then that leaves space in the middle for Nico to play or Raul to play. That's what we need to see. If we do that and the passing is good and the defending is good and we're sharp and we're tight and all those things come into place, Vancouver will have a very, very hard time living with the Seattle Sounders. I think Vancouver used up all of their luck last night and they still didn't win. And they're missing some key players. So you have to be feeling good in spite of the couple of results you've had if you're the Sounders because you have an opponent that you know you have the beating of if you play your game. Nothing Seattle needs to adjust to. Nothing Seattle has to change. Nothing Brian Schmetz has to sit at the tactics board with his staff and come up with the cure 
for how to solve these ills. No. Simple fixes. Can we be as close as possible to our A game? Because if and when we do that, we are going to get the three points. And then let the chips fall where they may. Because you've now put yourself in a hole where it's not entirely in your hands. And that's where the sound is finding itself. So that'll be on Sunday. We'll get to that. We'll get to that a little bit um, in the third segment, just touching a little bit more on specific things the team can do on Sunday. After we come back, I'll be joined by Han Dwalawala, goal scorer in the last game, came on, was impactful. A bit surprised to see him maybe on the bench um, with Shandon Hopi, I'll start ahead of him, but he responded in the best way possible. So stay tuned, Han Dwalawala is next. Calling all Sounders fans. Do you know a community hero? Now more than ever, we want to recognize those that are going above and beyond to serve our region. Whether grocery store workers, healthcare professionals, janitors, restaurant staff, or friendly neighbors, our community is full of courageous individuals who deserve our thanks. Please nominate your community hero at soundersfc.com slash community heroes for a chance to have CHI Franciscan and Sounders FC honor them with a VIP experience. Your Seattle Sounders conclude group play in the MLS's back tournament this Sunday, July 19th, when they take on Vancouver Whitecaps FC. Watch the 7.30pm contest on FS1 or listen on 9.50kjrAM and El Rey 1360am in Spanish. Sunday's radio broadcasts are presented by Zulili. Zulili brings you new deals every day on home goods, unique finds and fashion for the whole family. Get the app or shop zoolily.com today. Welcome back. We are now joined by the goal scorer from the last game, Andualo Buana, one of my favorite players to watch, and he came on, had an immediate impact. He's live from the bubble. Andualo, what's going on, man? Good, man, Steve. How are you? How's everything? I'm doing very well. Good to see you. So let's start right with um, Tuesday. Um, First, how weird was it having to play a game that was 6 a.m. Seattle time? How did you guys prepare? What time did you guys get up? Was the pregame meal, you know, the usual four hours before the game? Or did you guys make adjustments? Um, we um, First of all, we had to start three days before, so we had to go to bed early at a certain time. And so they were giving uh, melatonin to go to bed earlier. And um, we had to get up, I think um, it was a 6 6.30 or 6.15 to 6.45 uh, breakfast, which is a um, pre-game meal. And um, so it, it kind of started our day off like that. It was We had to get up really early. But it was it was good because um, it wasn't that hard because we were, we were sleeping a lot earlier than we normally would. So it was we got used to it, and so it was good. But um, it was weird playing a really early game because... Last uh, last time I played in a morning game was in academy, you know, since U18. But um, it was difficult at the same time with the weather and getting used to the uh, really heat. It was really, really hard, but it was good overall. But uh, unfortunately, the result didn't go our way. Right. You said that the result didn't go your way, but you yourself personally, you came on and you scored a goal. When you come in in that kind of situation as a sub, is it... What's your mindset? Are you thinking, let me come on and keep it simple, get myself into the game, or am I going to come on and start taking guys on right away? What was your mindset coming into that game? Um, I mean, I mean, from the from the minute from the first minute you watch the game, you see um, what's the game missing, you know. So, and I think 
watching the game was difficult to see um, because we were going side to side. There wasn't really attacking. Even though the weather was hot, we had to keep the ball, but there wasn't nothing going forward. So my mindset coming to the game and the coaches and Brian Schmetzer wanted me is to attack more, go on, take on players, create, you know, spaces for other players, which um, I tried to do it. But it was difficult because when you have, you know, see Chicago had 10 guys behind the ball and top of the box, it was really hard. But that was my game plan. But as I, you know, kept driving more, it opened a lot more spaces for Nico and for, for the other players. But there was then they started noticing that the double teaming me like it was it was harder but then we um we created a lot more chances second half putting a lot more crosses but yeah it was a it was a hard game i think uh, it's unfortunate that we didn't really win that game now i i know you obviously you know in, in real life and you know i think similar to myself and other players as well you're obviously very competitive so when a player like yourself doesn't start the game does that do you use that as extra motivation coming in scoring a goal and then looking at schmetz and gonzo pineda and jimmy and saying look that's what happens when i play and keep me in mind for the next game like how do you um when you're not starting how do you take that do you use that as fuel to potentially show the coaches that you should be starting or um are you the kind of player who maybe you don't need that extra motivation um, of course, I need motivation. I'm young. I want to play as many games as I can. I want to compete uh, for the starting lineup. And, you know, now since, you know, it's uh, we have a big group, big uh, competitive group, every guy, that team that can do the work. And it's it's amazing to be part of that team. But at the same time, it's like, that's my job is to fight for that starting lineup. That means I have to train a lot harder. I have to be better in training. I have to be the best player in training. I have, I have to do my job right. I have to do whatever the lot of things to be better every day. And... In order for me to come in and change the game, that you know, that put, uh, I wanted to put pressure on the coaches, showing like, yo, I can I can compete in this level, and I'm ready to play for this level. I'm ready to take whoever's you know lineup, you know, if I get called in, I'm ready to do the job. I think that's 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 my 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 uh, my objective is to fight for that starting lineup, to be that normal starting lineup, and you know, to continue to to perform. Hopefully, I continue to perform well, and. I'm, continue to put more pressure at the same time it's it's a good competitive because you know putting pressure on the coach showing that i can play it it's good for them so it shows that they have you know multiple options to go with and then if someone goes down from the first team guy and then they know oh we're not we're not worried about anything he's gonna come in and do the job so i think that's the most important part but at the same time you know coming up from the championship we, we have a great team so it's, it's a lot harder to you know jump into that starting lineup because of the team that we have. But I think at the same time, it's like, I think I can compete for that lineup, for sure. Um, you know, reigning champs, results haven't been great so far down in Orlando. What's the team's morale right now? How's everyone feeling? Is it confidence heading into Sunday? Um, is it a little bit surprising that you haven't been able to get a three-point share? What's the, what's, the, what's the mood inside the camp? Man, the mood, uh, for example, today you could, you could, like, at the gym session, man, you could see the guy they're putting, you know, we had the gym session, we had a program and pe people are putting extra because they know we're, you can see the faces, there's just so much more focus. We we are alert, like we need to win this. And like, and we haven't had training session ever, ever after that game, but I know the guys are just gonna push ourselves. The coaches are, you know, are so motivated and the guys are coming in together and just, because we know what we're capable of. We know that, Every single team that compete against Sounders, they know that if they beat us, they, they, they're celebrating like they win. You know, for, for example, Chicago, I was doing an interview and the coach is saying, we beat the champs. So it's like the guys, 
the guys, the other teams know that we're the best in the league and they are working twice as hard to beat us because that's, they feel good about themselves. So it's, the guys know we're the best in the league and now it's, we have to prove it because, I mean, unfortunately, the two results didn't go away. But we know that once we get that first win, I think we we can go from, you know, just straight up and, and, and try to win the whole thing because that's how Sanders is. We, we, we tend to have this slow start, but once we get that rhythm going, it's, we're we're unstoppable to beat. And I think that's the most important thing is once we get that first win, I think we'll go on and just get that confidence, that groove, you know, that we we're missing right now. So I think we need that first win in order for us to be back to our best. Um, and before I let you go, last one is, um, obviously, I think we've all seen when you come on, you're an exciting player, you get um, people off their seats, um, you know, there's stepovers and there's tricks and you're someone who tries to make things happen. Um, this now, I believe your third season, you individually, what are you um, trying to still work on in your game and what what area are you thinking, if I can improve that area, it's going to take my game up to the next level? What What's in your mindset when you're going on the training pitch every day? Um, what are the things you want to work on and add to your game still? Um, for me, I think the most important thing is my confidence. That's the biggest thing I think I'm missing. Because I know I'm, what I'm capable of doing, I know uh, I've given this talent, you know, that uh, nobody in the team has, you know. And if I can get my confidence up, I think I could be... I could be one of the best wingers in the league, in my opinion, because I know I've I've been in the league for three years. I know how the players work, and the guys on the team think I can be able to do so. So they're they're helping me get my confidence at the same time. I think that's my biggest my biggest thing is you know confidence, being able to come in and do it consistently and take my game to the next level will, will definitely be confidence. Another the, the other part is to be my body, you know, building my body off season even better. It's another huge thing, but the most important thing for me is getting that confidence. Is what will make me take my game to a different level. Absolutely, all right, Andola. Um, nice chatting to you. I know the last couple of seasons I was supposed to get out there with you on the training pitch. I didn't, but this off season, I'm putting out here publicly. We're gonna do some work together, all right? So uh, make sure um, you hold me to that. This off season, me and you are gonna get out there working some wing play, man. Please, 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 please. That would be huge, man. You, you are, you are one of my, you are one of my idols. You know that I've, I've told you every time I see you, man. Every time I yeah. see you, it's always uh, put a smile on my face, man. Since I was a, uh, I was twelve, eleven, man. Just watching you down the wing, it was, it was, it was an honor, pleasure, and also meeting Ryan Smith. I mean, one of the sporting, yeah. but it's, 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 it's unbelievable, man. If, if you can be able to help me with my game, I think that would be huge for me. That means a lot, and it would be an honor. We're going to do it. All right, man. Enjoy the rest of the time in Orlando and we'll connect when you get back. Primera Blue Cross is proud to be the presenting partner of the 2020 Sounders FC season, including the club's MLS is back tournament campaign. Primera Blue Cross, always in your corner. Neighbors, more than just people next door. Good ones are indispensable. They look out for us. Look after us. Have our back at a moment's notice. They're quick to lend a hand or a hammer. They are trusted allies when times get tough. For more than 100 years, through prosperity and challenges, we've done our best to be that reliable next-door neighbor. Your neighbor. Wafed Bank. Member FDIC. All right, welcome back. Thanks again to Honduardo Buona for joining us. Very exciting young player um, who hopefully has staked his claim now to see more minutes and 
if you can come on and score goals, um, that's that's the best message you can send your coaching staff. Has he done enough to start on Sunday? Now, I touched on earlier what lineup changes maybe we could see. Again, depends on the health of Jovan Jones or Joao Paulo. So let's not maybe get into the specific individuals, but what I will say, you want to see tactically, you have to have a dual threat when you play um, in these types of games. So something the Sounders have done very well for a very, very long time, especially since Jordan Morris has now found his form as a true out-and-out wide player, is worry you enough in the wide areas that you have to pay attention. And then while you're paying attention there, there's damage being done centrally with Raul Luis Diaz and some of those other boys. Right now, so far in the MLS's back tournament, take away the equalising goal with Jordan Morris got on the outside and put on a nice little cross for Andualo Bueno. We haven't seen enough wide play. Kelvin Leardam got up maybe two times in the wide areas in the final third in the last game, maybe in both games combined. For the most part, we haven't seen that. New who, how many of those crazy new who runs that we all love to see have we seen in those wide areas? Jordan Morris himself, maybe the one time he got that he got an assist, we haven't really seen Jordan face the right back up 1v1, take him on. So I think you have to emphasize play in the wide areas, which is why Jordan Morris has to be on the left on Sunday. On the right, it's going to have to be Jovin Jones, if he's fit and ready to go, or Christian Rodan. Because I feel between those two, you can occupy the left back enough, especially with Kelvin Ledam joining, creating 2v1s, 2v2 situations. Uh, I, I fancy our chances on that side. But you have to occupy Vancouver in the white areas. That then allows Nico the space underneath to roam. We know Nico's going to pop up on the left-hand side, which is good because he creates overloads. There'll be 2v1s, 3v1s at times. Remember how good it used to be when Victor Rodriguez, Brad Smith, and then Nico would come and join on the left side and teams had to send numbers there and then you could switch the ball. So it, it creates all kinds of complications for the opponent. But you have to have the dominance and the ascendancy in the wide areas to allow Nico to join as the third player and at times the second player to create those overloads in those areas. Nico then can also find space centrally because there'll be less cover centrally if the left back and right back and maybe the right mid and left mid are absolutely occupied because the sounders are just killing it in the wide areas. Then you'll be able to have Nico underneath. Then he can play those one-twos, those little given goals with Raul Ruiz Diaz. Raul can stay high in and around the 18. As he gets sharp or anything that drops around the 18 is going to be in the back of the net. You know that. So that's sort of what you want to see the sounders do. Get back to being very, very good in the wide areas so you can set up your plays in the central area as well. Right now, it's all going down the middle. And it hasn't been bad, just hasn't been where it maybe can be. And so you have to find ways to get Nuhu into the attack, Kelvin Ledham into the attack, Jordan in the game, whoever's on the right, Jovan Jones, Christian Rodan, maybe it's Ibarra, maybe Handuala Bon is not enough to start, but enough to occupy um, the left back and right back. I think if the Sounders do that, and then listen, the basics have to be done. Defend well, stay organized, don't make costly mistakes on corner kicks don't fall asleep all of those things that go without saying you have to do those as well if you do those i have a hard time seeing how we don't walk away from this game with three points but you never know it's mls is back i mean cincinnati beat atlanta never would have called that as much as atlanta's not maybe what they once were i still wouldn't have called that so anything can happen we'll be back next week hopefully hopefully with the team still continuing on in the tournament, moving on in the knockout stages. But we'll see. 
what you, you have to control what you can, which is trying to get a result on Sunday. If you do that, hopefully other results go our way and then we'll be playing on further in this tournament. But the bare minimum is to get a win. Winning is a habit. Winning breeds winning. And Sounders have to start finding ways to win, preferably on Sunday. That's all. Next week, Brad Evans won't be back. I was going to say should be back. I think he'll still be out there in the mountains somewhere. So I'll probably be back here holding it down myself. Or maybe Brad will get some cell service. I don't know. We'll talk to Brad and see. But he's obviously been missed this week. But thanks as always for tuning in, joining us. And let's pray and hope for three points on Sunday so we can have a very positive podcast next week. This is Winging It with Zach and Brad, minus Brad. And we'll be back next week. Peace.